back to the Talking Dad podcast, and in this episode, I'm joined by Dan and Kenny from AFC Shavington Badgers, a local grassroots football team to me that we are working in partnership with, and we're doing a bit of sponsoring for the uh, the coaches and the dads' kits. And the uh, the lads wanted to come on and chat about football, chat about some dad stuff, and uh, get the message out really for the podcast, which I'm grateful for in the local community. We're starting to branch out a bit more locally. Uh, a bit more than I've done previously. So, uh, Dan and Kenny, should I say, how are we doing? Fantastic. Not too bad. Fantastic. You okay? Good. Good, thanks. Yeah, just tripping over my tongue slightly. If I can get a cup of tea down, we'll be all right. <laughs> time of night. You've got to have a cup of tea this time of night. Nice biscuit as well. Nice oh, yeah. yeah. Favourite biscuit, boys. Favourite biscuit. Custard cream at the minute. It is a custard cream at the minute, but I do. I'm partial to a shortbread as well. Have you tried those Foxy's double crunch cookies? When they're no. when they're on offer in Tesco for a quid, I, I, I get about ten packs. Have well, that with you, Brew. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, my, I'm my, my sweet tooth crazy. My sweet tooth crazy at the minute. <laughs> bit, bit crazy, tra- honestly. Bit traditional on my biscuit. I like a nice digestive. It's got to be McVitie's though. Um, just plain. Oh, just, just plain. plain. Yeah. Break them in half, yeah. fold them over, and dunk them. You get extra so soakage. <laughs> If that's what I get that, because I, I do from time to time, I just like a nice, you know, a nice rich tea, just a plain rich yeah. tea. Yeah, I like, especially when you're dunking. But you, you got a rich tea when you're dunking. I did not prepare for a biscuit <laughs> conversation tonight. I'll be honest with you. I think we're going on this to is... Peter K here, aren't we, boys? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling will... Peter K version right. too. <laughs> Me and Kenny have known each other for years, so we do bounce off each other quite a lot, as you'll find out. But. Um, it will go off piece. That I'll just apologise for that. that. That's okay. <laughs> now we we can afford a little bit of that, but I'll try and play uh, yeah. a referee as best I can, and we'll get all no the problem. football puns and everything in there that we can. Don't worry about that as well. Tell us who's in your family, how many kids, ages, family dynamics, uh, all of that, and we'll go with Dan first. Okay. So my name's Dan Stoko. Um, I have uh, my wife myself and the family so kim is my wife just celebrated our 17th anniversary last week of being married congratulations together 21 years never a crossword he says i just do <laughs> me told that's that's all really um so i've got two kids a boy and a girl um isabel who's nearly 15 and harry that is nearly 10 um good kids really good kids on the whole, I shall say, I'm not saying every kid is good, but the good kids, good at school, really committed to school. Isabel's smashing school, she's being fantastic. Um, really close now, family, you know, as a lot of families are, um, immediate family, mom, dad. I'm one of three brothers, um, really close, really close family. And we're all involved in the football setup. You know, quite similar to Kenny, really, with, with keeping it within the families. So it's not just me and Kenny involved. Yeah, my son plays for the team in the under tens. Um, again, um, quite similar to Kenny's uh, sons involved. Both my nephews, who's my middle brother, both his nephews play for the nines and the tens. So it's quite a family feel that we're bringing into the club and the community and the wider community that we're offering. Um, and yeah, it's um. A big reason why we're doing what we're doing with we've both been out there to other clubs and not really got the desired what we were looking for really so 
but we want uh, we, our ethos is obviously the family the kids come first family but to to bring that family feel to what we're doing yeah yeah i can understand that and and just from seeing you a few times when we've met in person i can i can that comes across as well which is good and what about you kenny family dynamics so um busy household i have four children um lovely partner called kate um we are 15 years in wow. uh, still not married okay i found every every excuse you must you must have a house full of pets or something have you do you keep we've, buying her animals or what that's well, what we've, I did we've recently years. bought recently bought a dog because i've used her we need another holiday love we need to we need to um you know do the home improvements we need the kitchen sorting we need the house sorting so i've run out of stuff now i think i'll probably if we have this um a repeat of this in 12 months time i might even be married you never know wow. but uh, no 15 years together um i have two daughters from a previous relationship um me and their mother um have had joint residency since um since my youngest was well she wasn't even one so it's all they know really um i was on my own with the kids for for a few months uh me and kate met kate always wanted children of her own as well and we now have two boys between us archie and oliver um and they are well my girls are 17 and 16 and the two boys, Archie and Oliver, are eight and five. So yeah, it's a busy household. Sounds really busy. You were, you were, it you is. did, you got them in batches, and you did two girls and then two boys, did you? We did, yeah. I mean, none of them were planned. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 find out quickly, you know, when you're having the number four. We've not got enough seats in the car here. Wow, well, yeah. That box bedroom isn't going to fit the two boys in it. It'll fit one. So then you you discover these things like shorty bunk beds and yeah well, you make it work you adapt don't you but um, yeah won't swap them for the world all completely different my kids not none of them have any similarities whatsoever the characters are just completely different that's what a lot of people um, seem to say to me is that the, the personalities between them and characters is always different definitely strange isn't it when they've had exactly the same sort of upbringing and around the same people yeah but what you're born with is what you're born with like yeah. my, if we would have had my boy first we wouldn't have had another <clears throat> guarantee you we wouldn't have had another 100 percent. love him to bits don't be wrong but very different compared to isabel very different is he was just a very good kid slept from a young age fed really well just was no trouble whatsoever i think four weeks she was sleeping through the night pretty much seven eight hours off her every night yeah where harry was very different awake a lot in the night fed constantly not that i was feeding him but when he come off the breast he went onto bottles so we shared it then um but yeah just a different kid good i'm not saying he's not good but just different as kenny said just very different they're both very different a little bit full on do you find that you find the difference between the girls and boys is, is the boys are a bit more intense and full on and just all go yeah, girls are more yeah. independent. That's my experience. Yeah, they like to do it on their own, their own way. The boys are mummy mad. Yeah, I think girls advance quicker, don't they? I think to a certain age, from my experience, girls seem to be advanced quicker, so they grow up quicker and a bit more independent. I think than what the boys are. I mean, I, I'm the youngest, and I still get called I still get called mummy's boy now at forty two. 
because okay. I still be Panama Mum someday, you know, <laughs> which I'm sure we all do. But <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I do. My brother's like, you get everything. You're the youngest. I'm like, oh, it's team now. It's not the case, but he probably does still do more for me than what he does for them. But yeah. I say it's because you're around the corner. That's not my fault. They live further away. So there you go. Then. <laughs> you know that works in your favour, doesn't nice it? That's you know that's, that's their nice. problem, really, isn't it? Not choosing to exactly. live closer. Um, my 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 eldest was seven yesterday, so we've been doing all the birthday stuff and that this week. And it, a little bit yesterday, just a little bit like you done them like he was our first, and he has been full on, Probably. and he didn't sleep yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then we decided to go do something silly like have another. And we thought, I don't know, we thought it might be different. He's a boy as well, and uh, mm-hmm. he's he's full on. It's slightly different. Yeah. They've got they are a little bit opposite. So like. Where one Did it change be, your mind? Are you having any more or is there more to come? It, uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. This is a discussion for another day that we're yet to have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's up in the See, air. We the always moment. planned the five-year gap. Yeah, yeah. We always wanted the five-year gap. We always said that. Enjoy, Izzy. It literally worked out pretty much. That Izzy started school in September and now we come along at the, in the November. So we had that pretty much five-year gap. Uh, that can be challenging in its own right because Izzy's like independent she's a young lady now so independent young lady and Harry's still that age where he teases her and he's a typical younger brother really but it, that that can be we're noticing the gap not so much before but now that gap is starting to you can tell that age gap really probably quite similar to Kenny I suppose he's got that quite big age gap really so we notices that similarity between the boys and the girls being a little being quite a bit older was there anything that surprised either of you um, when you first becoming a dad? I think I think mine on that was how quick it changed me. Um, okay. Where where I was at in my life at the time, having my eldest daughter, I was DJing in nightclubs, and it was a bit of a bit of a lifestyle that came with it. And uh, I suppose in many ways, I think I was, looking back, probably quite selfish. It caught up in what I was doing and trying to have the life and things like that. And then suddenly this little girl comes along and it's like, it, it changed me immediately. And I, and I switched. It was time to down tools, get a nine to five, commit to providing for the family. Um and, you know, we had this, um, as I touched on before, we had this breakdown of relationship, me and the girl's mum, very early doors. Um, and I was on my own with them for a while. And it was um, it was probably at that time where I thought, actually, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. And I, and I, and I did adapt quickly. We were, we were talking, actually, yesterday, this is, was not planned, but we were talking yesterday, me and my girls, about... Um, when they were toddlers and I used to have two high chairs and I'd sit them in front of me and I was on my own. Kate, she'll, she'll hate me for telling you this, but for the first five years, she was the girl that comes round for a tea. That's what they used to say in the office, Dan. Me and Dan Brilliant. used to work together and they'd say, is the girl that comes round for a tea coming for a tea tonight? And Brilliant. I'd say, yeah, tonight she is. There's no football on. <laughs> but no, Not I used to sit there with the coming round. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'd sit there and have two high chairs in front of me and I'd have one Weetabix and it'd be spoon for this side, spoon for this side. Then there'd be a piece of toast cut in half, triangle each. And 
I thought, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Mm. I kind of, I think that's what surprised me is how quick he adapted to being a dad. I never thought, never thought I would, but yeah, it changed me definitely for the better. My, my girls especially, they saved me 100%. What about you, Dan? I think for me, Jamie, it'd be um, being the youngest of the third of three boys. I was always around from quite, I was an uncle at like 14. So quite young as an uncle, my, my, my brother was like four and a half years older than me, so they had kids quite young. So both my nieces now were 20 and 19. Um, so I was I, I, I always wanted kids young. I, I was always wanted to settle down and wanted kids young. Always. And pretty much when I knew like me and Kim, we got together and, you know, we were going to, we decided, you know, we're, we're right for each other and the stars collided, as they say. And. We were going to be right for each other, so pretty certain we're, you know, pretty quick. We're having conversations like, you know, when we're we having kids. I, I always wanted kids young, and I was, I was ready for kids from probably early twenties. If I'm being honest, 21, 22, I, I really wanted kids and really wanted that lifestyle of I've been out, you know, done the the, the teenager lifestyle, but I, I was ready to settle down really. So I'd say it wasn't as much as a surprise because I'd always been around kids and I was ready and. Knew how to change bums and how to feed and how to hold and do a lot of that stuff. So, and the biggest thing for me is the preciousness that comes along with it. Of that, so like you go in not having a child, you come out of hospital a day or so later, and you're like, you've got this life that's just like looking up at you as if to say, right. And you, my feeling was, you'll do anything to make sure they're safe and secure. Yeah, and, yeah. Your whole your, your whole perspective on life changes. It does. It's not just about me now and your wife at the time. It's about that person and your, your whole perspective changes and your outlook on life completely changes. Because for me, it was my main focus is I've got to provide for her. A, a make sure she's safe. Provide for her. Got you know she's got a, a good home over her head and she can you know grow and be protected. That's that, that was my. This, the surprisingness, I think, of it, of it all, and then I think it's more the mental side that you just don't prepare for, and the, that pressure. There's that pressure, and I don't think it's not. I think, I think a lot of it's come with age, and it's more the peer pressure that comes. So it's it's more so now the sort of social media side of it and the social pressures. But in Curly, then it was oh oh you, you know more so we found a lot with midwives and stuff really. Oh, you should be doing this, or you should be doing that, or you should be kept on the breast and. We quickly got, you know, advice from parents and stuff. And it was like, just do what's right for you. Do what yeah. you think's right for you. She's not staying, you know, not comfortable on the breast and she's feeding a lot on Kim and Kim's constantly tired. Then put her on the, put her on the formula milk. And it's that, I think it's that. I always try, or I always say, if you could put a chip in you to say, right, you're a parent now. This is what you do. This is what to expect. This is what you should be doing. But it's not, we don't have that, do we? So I think you quickly learn and you quickly have to adapt to you know, there's a person there's another person here now that's looking up at you with them big blue eyes as if to say please look after me yeah it's instant instant that feeling is instant there it is yeah oh straight away within seconds within seconds and you're like you just your whole perspective changes you walk in and you walk out two different perspectives you know you pretty much anticipate what's coming but you don't when you walk out that door. That anticipation is completely different, in my experience, anyway. So it's we both uh, of them. We both of them. It's a lot of pressure and responsibility from that moment onwards, isn't it? Mm. And I, I, for me personally, and Massively. I think for a few other dads that I've spoken to, 
I don't necessarily feel that until the moment that it's happened. And then you, when you, when they're born and then you're walking away with them and then all of a sudden it is real that, you know, well, actually we've got to take this little person home now. And then what we're going to do, because we're going to be on our own. And I don't think we always Mm -hmm. necessarily, because we don't, we're involved in the, in the whole nine months and everything else, aren't we? But we're not physically attached to the, to the child until, until they arrive. You try and compensate, or no, I did, because you feel like that. My, my wife had one or two complications during her birth. I just remember this senior nurse was saying, if the baby doesn't come out of this next push, push that red button and run away to the side of the room because people are going to ambush this room and come in very quickly. Yeah. And you're like, I was like, holy crap, what's going on here? You're like, my first initial thought was panic. Yeah. It's like, is she all right? Is the baby all right? Is Kim going to be all right? And you're like, just, we can't answer this at this very moment in time, but push that button and move back. And luckily, I didn't have to because Kim pushed and on the last push, you come out. But you, so you, you, I was dealing with that, like the come down from that. And then, oh, there you go, get your shirt off. Because we've done skin to skin, so shirt off. And she was there, you know, covered in a little mucus and blood on me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what, what's going on? It's just the overwhelmingness of it all. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's a lot to take in. It's a hell of a lot to take in. We, um, with, with Archie, we had, um, we had a really bad experience. I nearly lost them both. Um, and it's horrible to even think back to that now. But um, yeah, Kate was was really poorly. She got preeclampsia, um, and her, her blood pressure was all over the place. And um, she had an emergency C-section. I remember that exact feeling: the room being ambushed and loads of people coming in. I actually remember uh, Kate blacking out. But yeah, so we we got down to theatre, and they they said, right, get a gown, get the Crocs on. And I was sat in this room. I was having a full-on panic attack. And Kate was in the room next door. And I was listening for the beep, beep, a heart rate or a baby to cry, something. It felt like an eternity. Next minute, doors open. I go in two minutes later. My little lad's born. She was a bit poorly for a few days, but touch wood, full recovery. Um, and here they both are. But that was really scary, really terrifying i've never been so scared in my life so um it gives that out of control that's why you feel just feel out you feel useless you feel out of control mm-hmm. that's why i felt you got two obviously the person that you you've been loving a day so much on that bed there you know that what's what who they're giving birth to you you're instantly going to fall in love with one because they're yours but i just felt completely helpless and one yeah, of the few yeah. times. I'm a bit of a control freak, I'll admit that, but I don't like being out of control, and that was one of the few times in my life where you just feel completely helpless. There's nothing you can do whatsoever. Yeah. I think because our, our, all our boys are sort of close in age, we probably had may- maybe similar experiences, um, possibly not for you, Kenny, for, for, for your older one. Um, might have been a bit different in terms of you know being left alone and stuff because I remember being left alone in a room with him while they took my wife off to do some checks and some stitching and all that kind of stuff and it was just me and my lad in a room and it was like 10 past 6 in the morning it was like I hope it doesn't wake up because I don't know what I'm going to do with it (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and, you know we were were, were fine after that but um, for your older ones for for your girls who just that little bit 
longer th- ago. Was it a similar kind of experience then? Did they sort of just expect you to know what to do? Did they leave you alone? Did the sort of midwife come around and say, right, dad, this is you're changing nappies now and all this kind of stuff? Or was it a bit different or not? I, I think hearing, I was, I was really feeling what Dan was saying before about the midwife visit. And I uh, don't know how it was for you guys, but <laughs> they've got the best intentions. They're there to support you. But when your other halves in particular are feeling quite emotional they've been through quite an ordeal and and both of you I suppose as parents are wanting to make sure that you you're doing everything right and that that little one's well taken care of but then you almost feel that the, the advice that they're giving you is like criticism and and that's how we kind of felt I remember Kate being quite emotional with one midwife visiting and I think like I say she had good intentions you need to hold the baby like this or you need to change that but, you know, when they're tired and they've been through a lot, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, it can make you feel a little bit deflated, make you question your methods. When actually what Dan was saying, it, it's right. You've got a, you you will know your baby better than anyone. And if your heart's in the right place, you've got that love for them that we can all sort of, you know, like we just said, it was it was instant with our children. You'll, you find your way, don't you? You find your way in life and you know, there might be certain techniques that you can take on board, but you've just got to trust yourselves as well that you're going to do right by them. And I think that's uh, that's kind of how we felt anyway. Yeah. Mine was similar, really, Jamie. I think just to pick up on that with Kenny, right? Is he really 15, so similar sort of race to Kenny Gills, really? And Kim, Kim was like, the, so Kim's a twin. So, so Kim's twin brother. So she's, she's got four sips. Uh, she's one of four. She's like the second eldest. So she was the twin, but the eldest of the two by 30 seconds. But she always says she was the eldest. They, they constantly argue over it. But um, her and her brother do. And she, she didn't have a lot of babies within her family at that time. She was like the first one out of her siblings to have children and stuff. So I remember that feeling of I pretty much pushed one of the midwives out of the way. Like, I'll, I'll change her. She's my girl. I know what I'm doing. Literally pushed her out the way to change her first nappy. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. You know, like almost what I wanted to take off. I wanted that. Yeah. I wanted to feel that. Right. You've done what you need to do now as the mum. I'm now taking over. I'm. This is. I can do this now as the dad. But I think that was pressure that I put on myself to. Well, Kim's done it for the nine months. I need to step up now. This is what I need to do. And I can remember I had one or two uncomfortable conversations with midwives because similar that Izzy wouldn't latch on at first and all that. Kim was like, I just think I need to give her some formula. I'm really tired from, you know, having quite an exhausting labour. And But I tried to hide behind the hospital curtains with Kim because we we went to the ward about three o'clock and they say, oh, you can have an hour, then you've got to go. And I'm like, well, I, don't want, I don't want to leave her. I can't leave her. Kim's too tired. I, I know my wife. She's too tired. Izzy was crying because she was un, she was unsettled as a, a newborn baby. But no, you've got to go. And I hid, and they literally come and pull me from behind the curtain. I'm like, well, <laughs> I the think that's thing, quite funny. I can imagine you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I hid right behind the curtain. So she had an end bay, corner bay, and where the, where the two curtains met in the corner, I stood right behind the two and like got in between the two curtains so they couldn't pretty much see me. And then she was like, Daniel, you there? And I went, no, I'm not here. Ignore me. Just go to the next bait. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you've got to go. I'm like, so 
listen, this is where I am now. You're leaving my wife and my newborn baby, that mean the world to me, in here by herself. Full. It was a full day. Babies are crying. Kim needs sleep. So why can't I stay to look after Izzy and let Kim go sleep? You can't. Really, it's our hospital policy. So argue to a blue in the face, you've got to go. Seven o'clock, I got a phone call back from the ward. So I went about four o'clock, went to my mum and dad, you know, and had a sausage bought in a cup of tea. I was like, I can't rest. I've got to go back. I can't rest knowing that Kim's there by herself. So I got a phone call back. Can you come back? Kim's really struggling to look after her. Kim's tired. Izzy's really demanding. And that I, that's one of the biggest things I struggled with, leaving them at that time. Because you know, and I think that's where a lot of it comes in, well, that's hospital policy. And I get, I understand it. But at that time, that's what was needed. And that, yeah. that was where I, I just felt like, as a dad, you should be there. But because it's policy, you've got to go. And I struggled with that. I really say that I argued till I blew in the face. And I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave. You literally have to pull me out of the board. I'm not going. But I can imagine you being going. a nightmare. I bet he was behind them curtains and they were saying, Daniel, your wife left three weeks ago. You're going to have to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would. But I, I think that was, but that was, yeah, that was yeah. pressure. That was pressure from me. That was pressure I put on myself because I wanted to. Yeah. She'd been through that and I felt helpless for nine months and I was like, right, I this is where I step up. That was where I come into my own. Just felt like that Probably was your too job. Much pressure at times. Yeah, that was your Yeah, 100%. From yeah. On, yeah. Yeah, and having siblings, having like having siblings that have got kids, I knew what to do. I was like, no, no, it's fine. Ads, that's what I'll do. Ali's bum, I'll do Ali's bum, and that's what I did. And every Sunday, they were around mum and dad's for Sunday dinner and stuff. And you did, you, that's what you did, isn't it? And quite a hands on uncle, yeah, things a hand, hands on dad, you know. And that's what I did. And I was like, no, I can do the nappies, I've done it before. I've got, I've got both sizes, I know what I'm doing. Leave me to it. She's like, well, let me show you. I'm like, I can show you love, leave me to it. <laughs> to be fair, that's pretty much what I did. Have, um... You know, like having a, a, a big family around you as well, because mine's the same. Our, our family's huge. Yeah. Um, didn't you? Did did you get a lot of people saying you need to do it like this, or yeah, you need I'm to do that? Do Why well, don't know? Why don't you call them such and such? Even the name. Yeah. It's like Joseph, yeah. one of our one of our coaches, um, who I know you met on the uh, registration night, Jamie. Yeah. Um, new dad. All the family. We've not had a. a a baby come along for a few years and we all got together and I, I, I just remember everybody giving him bits and pieces of advice and sitting there listening thinking I hated it when I was in this boat yeah and they they picked a name between them and then people were, were saying like oh no it doesn't sound right why don't you why don't you just let people call the child what they want to call them hold mm -hmm. the child how they want to hold them and yeah I, I think that is a uh, that's that's one of the dangers, especially of having a big family, is you get a lot of input, don't you? Yeah. You gotta do it like this. I did it like that. I think it's parent pressure, grandma pressure. We had a lot of names, Kenny, quite similar. Oh, you've got to call them after my dad or the granddad. And to be fair, Harry is. Harry is. But that's a name that we picked. And it 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 was relative. It, it, we, we were strong and passionate. It, it came in very close to her granddad that passed away suddenly. They had an argument a couple of days before and Kim never got to say goodbye to him. So we were, if we were having a boy, it was Harry, 100%. It was always going to be Harry. But even then you're like, oh, what about his granddad, George, or, you know, Uncle Pete. And exactly the same, Kenny, you, you get people put it out. The, the heart's in the right place and the mind's in the right place, but just a little bit too much pressure sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So fast forwarding a little bit, have you had any recent rewards and challenges then? Parent related? Dad life related, yeah. Hey, daughter's just passed the GCSEs. Big oh, one, yeah. Well yeah, done. that's a big yeah. one, isn't it? That's good, yeah. I'm straight that's in good. with Lily, me second daughter. Um, like I say, all, all the kids are completely different. you got Tamsin, eldest, not academic at all, very creative, very OCD. Um, she does hair and beauty at college, and she's got a, a part-time job in a in a local well-known hotel and um, doing housekeeping. And I'll come in some days and my toilet rolls are folded into triangles. I'm thinking, oh, I've not done bad here. Yeah. Um, and Lily's uh, Lily's spending her Sunday afternoons revising because she, she's got a 10-year plan to be working in medicine. And yeah, she's just smashed her GCSEs. So she's going to be, um, she, she is very academic. She's going to be um, studying um, chemistry, biology, and psychology. Um, and then the boys, Archie, Archie's just football beast, mad, crazy football lad. Um, and Oliver is bull in a china shop. <laughs> if it's dangerous, he's interested. If it's not, it's boring. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'd say reward. Yeah, rewards are definitely um, the the GCSEs have been a real highlight because I know how much pressure she's put on herself. And we've said, you know, we said to all all the kids, whatever happens at school, being a great person comes first, and you've got that nailed. So anything else, what will be, will be. And and like I said before, you adapt. Um, rewards with Archie curling one in the top corner last week. What about that free kick, Dan? I love a free kick. Was that a yeah, I didn't even kick. know we got it in him. Oh, uh, uh, to be fair, just to credit, I was reffing at the time and I went put it in the top corner. All not taking credit for it, like, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Gave him the idea. All right, you know, you know what I mean. I thought I thought about this, um, like with Oliver as well, and th- things that. You know, I really, I, I love little things with me, me younger lad. Like, I can be sitting downstairs and he'll be reading to himself, but he doesn't know that anybody's listening. And he starts taking on big words, and that is massive for me. I just think, oh, that's brilliant. And I could sit and listen to him all day long, but when he's sat there reading and it's like, you know, like we, us lads do it, don't we? Dance like no one's watching. We've all done it in the mirror, haven't we? Or is it just me? Uh, uh, oh, we have a sing. Yeah, we have a sing. We've got a we've got a track coming out, haven't we? Badgers uh, at War, it's called. Got a badges related <laughs> theme tune that we've uh, just it? about to put record on. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to that. Oh yeah. yeah. That's uh, what what's the message? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, load load loads of recent reward with all the kids, like I say, the um I love those little things, just listening to him, reading and having the bravery take it on because he's not worried that someone's going to go, oh, you got that one wrong. Love little things like that. Mine's similar, really, Jamie, to be fair, is he's just smashing school in the challenging times that we have, you know, social social pressures, COVID, and they're still adapting to life after COVID, you know, two years out of school pretty much and challenges, but school reports, they're just, she's brilliant. He's just smashed his school. Fantastic attitude. But like Kenny says, you know, she's a good person. She's a loving, caring person. 
to one of the things I think as a parent, first things you you try and put into woman, you know, embed into them from an early age. Be nice, be kind, be thankful, be loving. You know, so just the, the basics really. Um, just yeah, she's just she she's very big on her sort of performing arts, dancing, uh, drama clubs does a lot of that. So she, she just applied to go to the to the Lyceum um, acting club, which um, she's been accepted. So that's a uh, quite rewarding. That's good. Yeah. Um, Harry's just the same football crazy, football mad. Just if he could kick a football in his sleep, he would. Just. Yeah, he just loves anything football. His knowledge, from stuff he tells me from, again, we go on social media, but he watches YouTube and some of the stuff about, you know, Pelle, I tell me about Pelle and Burkamp and Johan Cruyff and all the old players. I'm like, how do you know that? I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. Some of the stuff he watches and his knowledge is phenomenal, but just, he's got, Harry's got a bit of stuff going on as well. He's got, he's, um, he's not yet had a diagnosis, but he's, autistic ADD ADHD so we've got an appointment at the hospital tomorrow so it doesn't stop he's such a loving kid he's a Hugs lovely everyone. lad Love Harry. yeah he'll bear hug you first time he sees you literally everyone and that's one of his you know one of his fantastic things his personality at times me and his mum are like you know he, he will literally see a stranger and, you know very loving and we sometimes have to be a little bit cautious of that and just like you don't really know them, just be careful who you're speaking to. So as much as yeah. it, it's a good trait, we have to be cautious at the same time. But yeah, he's he's just football crazy. Loves a goal, scored five in his first appearance for us the other week. Um, yeah, he's got a good left foot on him. Um, yeah, which is same as Kenny. But we're doing it for them. We want them to progress. We want them to enjoy it. Have good a good social gathering. Football friends outside of school. Yeah. yeah. Kenny's ethos, not mine really, but if they have a bad week at school, they can come on a Sunday or whenever they're playing and they've got the mates there, you know, they can, you know, empty what's happening throughout the week and think, yeah, I've got some good mates at football, I can go and can go and, you know, enjoy my time at football. So that's 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 the ethos we're trying to build and we're getting there with, you know, thank you thanking of yourselves and other other companies that are sponsoring us. We're me and Kenny had a bit of a, an epiphany moment the other week when we were training. I hope Kenny won't mind me saying this. No, I don't. Get a bit emotional. We, um, <laughs> I know. We both did it, to be fair. <laughs> so we were training on the Georges, uh, not this, not last week, week before. And we'd, we'd done our bit. So I'm, I, my, I'd, I'd done a lot of fitness, done a lot of fitness over the years and kept myself fit and healthy. So the things that I bring to the, the coaching stuff is quite fitness driven. So I did my fitness stuff with the 10s. Kenny did his bits and bobs with sort of, sort of positioning and overloading as we're doing the training. And then we had to went into a big game and we just sort of looked at each other and were like, what's this beast we've created here? You know, I had a bit of a hug, I had a bit of a man hug, sort of hugged it out and like, it's just immense what we've created. And not just us, but the families we've got around us have all been able to create us and, the sponsors of all how to bring it to life, you know, again, with yourself, you know, the exposure and the, the partnership we say that we're doing is all, all been worthwhile. And yeah, there's a lot of, um, I can't, the, the sense of belief it gives you in, the, you know, the, the enormous, just how emotional you get. It's hard to put into words really, but your feeling you get, you get that tingling feeling. It's kind of the same, but you get that tingling feeling of, this is fantastic. We're creating something here. I think it's. I think it's something we'll probably get onto it in a little bit as well. But 
I think it's something local communities need. I know, I know there are mm. other teams out there, there are other things going on, but when you look, like where, where we live, um, if you go down the road and you can see the, yeah. the for sale sign on the old youth club, and you think, yeah. well, that was the hub of the community years ago, wasn't it? And so, so what have we got now? And you've got little pockets of things dotted about, and but you've got to travel to them, and it can be difficult if you know parents work late or maybe they don't drive or that kind of stuff. You've got to get kids across town and all that sort of stuff. It's not necessarily like it might have been for us as kids where you just jump on your bike and go wherever when you were a kid. It doesn't necessarily happen like that anymore, does it? I think we're a little bit overly no. cautious sometimes, probably yeah. for the right reasons, but... I think yeah. like to have something in the community, local community where you know that it's for the interest and for the benefit of the children going and, and to mm -hmm. look after them and do it the right way and not just to make money off people because there are other places like that as well, not just football-based but other stuff. And um, I think That's it's one thing we pride ourselves on really that there's, we, there's, there's no profit. If anything, we're probably digging in our pockets a bit more than what we tell our wives we are, to be fair. I think mean, <laughs> confirm so. that. But, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Um, but we, the, 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 there's no benefit financially for us whatsoever. It's nothing. Yeah. Time's given up by the coaches for free. Send it up, our time we're giving it, and, you know, everything we're doing behind the scenes. There's, there's no, and there'll never be. I, I, I wouldn't get involved in anybody to say, there would never be no financial gain for it. There's never it, the gain is a seeing the kids with a smile on the face, the, the, the enormous sense of emotion you get from that, and enjoying what they're doing and they're playing, they're expressing themselves. You know the, what you're getting and how you see the confidence building and expressing themselves is phenomenal on a pitch on a Sunday in a training and just that making friends. I think that's one of the things that I take from it is so many kids now stuck behind a screen or a computer screen, a laptop or an iPhone, what be whatever, Samsung. Other reputable companies out there. I'm not. I'm not sponsored in any way. But um, just that it's just to get them on a football pitch and get them outside and just get them away. And just that I I take so much so much from that. I can't tell you. Just in this day and age, it's massive. Making friends and communicating. And Kenny, will agree. We've got some quite shy kids there at the minute, aren't we, Kenny? But yeah, yeah. Starting to see them come out of themselves and they're making they're making friends and. You know, you, you're seeing these relationships blossom and groom into into a team, really. And it's, yeah, it's so powerful. And it gets me out of bed. I'm not going to lie. It gets me out of bed in the morning at the minute, 100%. Oh, yeah. Morning, noon, night. It's on the brain, isn't it? It's, um, and that, that's our main role is to be to be making these kids feel confident. And, you know, what? what good's it going to be if we, we drill football but they haven't got that confidence to express themselves and be themselves and you know that's a massive task for us and all all this pre-season has been aimed around no coaching just playing football getting them settled in the group knowing each other's names making new friends and I think we've achieved that um, and, and that will continue throughout the season obviously there's going to be the, the football side of things to um to, to really push on. We do want them to develop there as well, but ultimately giving them all confidence and, um, and and making them comfortable around us and each other to be the best version of themselves that we can be. That is that is our main goal. Was there any advice that you were given when you were becoming a, a dad that was something that you sort of 
didn't think anything of, then it became something you sort of live by, or was it just something that you you didn't really take much advice on board and you just uh, figured it out for yourself? I love proverbs. Okay, yeah. yeah. I love a good proverb. And um, one of mine, and I, I, I live by it, my role as a housing officer, as a coach, as a dad, as everything, um, is love is a greater teacher than a sense of duty. And I think it was Albert Einstein. Uh, okay. um, but when I first set up the um, the club's social page, that was my first post. And that's where it started because... I just think it's one of the, I love those proverbs where the more you say them, the more you repeat them, the more meaning, the more depth that they've got. But love is a greater teacher than a sense of duty. And make your own interpretation of that. But yeah, yeah, carry that with you. That is a really good one. And I, and I do, I share that with my kids and, and I hope that they say the same one day that, you know, it's, it's something that they've lived by as well. It's very good. We're getting... Kenny, I haven't reserved this. We, we, we've not rehearsed this, I guarantee you, but I was going to say something very similar as well. A bit when on my best man speech, it was, was my oldest brother. One of the very things he said at the end was, live every day like it's your last. And I literally take that, three recent events as well, but take that, shared it with my kids as well. Enjoy life. Every kid hates school, don't they? Every kid hates school. At some point, I was no different. I say it more to my daughter now. She's a little bit older. Don't wish your life away. Enjoy school life. Because when in 10 years, when you're working or you're at uni or you're thinking, I wish my life away at school. You know, I wish yeah. I enjoyed it more. Or just took, took a bit of time, took more time to take it in and enjoy it. So yeah, that, we've not rehearsed that, babe, but, but I can 100% confirm we've not rehearsed that whatsoever. I just, I can, I'll definitely not confirm that we're very similar people. But, you're just on the same uh, page, aren't you? So same way yeah, yeah yeah okay so should we get into your hobbies and interesting conversation um basically why did you decide to start uh afc shevington badgers let's start there shall i start with that one daniel or well let let me do let me do my little bit first because then it go feeds on. into go you on. so harry with his troubles that i've mentioned or troubles but you know he's him, his personality, how he is and what he's got going on. He's always been keen into football and he's been asking to play for a, a team for a couple of years. Well, I won't lie and be honest with that fact, but it was more, I think, me feeling, is he ready? Can he cope with the pressure that could potentially be put on him? That demand of, you know, it's quite strict and, you know, it, it, can he, he can wander his concentration. That's one of his things, he can, his concentration can wander, but Football is one of the things that keeps him quite drilled and quite focused. So, known Kenny for years. We went to came one of Kenny's old clubs. Didn't know Kenny was there. Come and did some training. And anyway, we met again. And, you know, known him for years, as I say. Dealt with him daily basis, work and socialise a little bit personally as well. And but anyway, it didn't work out at that club. Found another club for Harry and he gelled pretty quickly focal point in the team, being a big lad, strong lad, scored goals for fun last season, but started going backwards, I'll be honest, the team started going backwards. And me playing football pretty much all from very young up until physically I could take it, 30, my body could take it at quite a good level. So, no, I wouldn't say I'm a pep, by no means an imagination, but 
I, I played football and I think when you played, you know, you know, but the, the basics and the basics weren't getting taught. So three frustrating conversations and a few things not really going to plan. And there was no practice involved in the game, in the training. There was no drills. There's no, there's no detail involved. So it's uh, where Kenny comes in, really meeting at the soccer centre. My nephew, similar age to Kenny's lad and coming up against him and then start the blue. Kenny was like, got an opportunity to fancy it. I was like, oh, I don't know, because the same time I'd been offered to be a manager at Harry's old club, what his old club now, and like, well, I knew really it was they were doing it to sort of appease me, really, because I was being a, a bit more vocal on what they liked and what they wanted their parents to be, and really just a cash cow. That's what it was. Was a cash cow. Now we, the detail we know, we know it was it was a cash cow. So. I had a few conversations with Kenny and it wasn't more of Kenny's personality. I know Kenny inside out. It was more, are we doing the right thing and can I commit? See, now, 100% I can, but at that time, wasn't sure. But yeah, 100%, 100% the right thing to do. What we're doing is right. The ethos is right. The feedback we get from parents is right. The kids we've seen in a short space of time is right. So, question hobbies, football, coaching, trying to take the, the football, the, the enjoyment I got out of football, trying to share my experiences and give it to the kids. And we had a good win the other week. And the first thing I said to them, how does it feel? Enjoy it. Soak it up. How does that winning feel? And some of them didn't know how to express themselves, Ken, did they? They didn't know what no, to say. No, they didn't, mate. No, no. And it's quite a new emotion to them. It's quite a new, you know, quite a raw emotion to them that they've never felt before. <clears throat> go on, Ken. I'll let you take it over from there when we... No, go on, No, totally. Um, I think my, my side to that journey is... Um, so my day-to-day job as a housing officer, um, I uh, I started doing some community football coaching with Prue Alex. Um, been, I've been grassroots coaching for the last three years, worked with a, another local club. Um, just like most dads, you've got to get your, your lad started in football and you read about something or someone mentions something, you go along and you're thinking, are they going to like it? Are they going to take to it? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I think first time round when I took Archie, took him as soon as he turned four down to the soccer centre where we, we practice now, he wasn't ready. He was upset. The other kids weren't passing to him. You've got to go and win that ball, mate. So we, we just put it on ice for a year and we picked it back up. We came back to it working with this other local grassroots club. And in, our, um, in my housing role, the, uh, the company are kind enough to um, support you with, um, they basically give you an annual grant for learning a new skill and it doesn't have to be linked to your role. And I decided to put it towards me coaching badges. So I'm now UEFA-C qualified. Um, but there was always something at the club. We did some great things for great kids. It was a real good setup. Um, but there was just some things behind the scenes where I thought didn't really sit right with me and I thought I could do this myself and I could do it better and I could make it 100% about the kids forget all the politics and all the silly reasons why training needs to be cancelled because of adult stuff the kids can't be missing out and uh, I started this community football coaching with crew Alex last September Um, that's um, 
we, we our company match funded it with the Premier League, and they basically Premier League kicks. Um, they deliver community football in um, not deprived areas, places where there's there's hardship. Um, and we identified one of our local schemes, um, Cumberland Arena. There's a, a setup, 4G setup. It'd be ideal, easy for kids to get to. We set up community football on Thursday evenings. That went so well that we ended up uh, putting it on Tuesday evenings as well. Free football. Kids come down, they play. And when I was coming out of this setup with my old club, the guys at Crew said to me, why don't you come under us? Um, and I was like, well, how does that work? What's it entail? Um, and he said, basically, you can you can set up your own teams affiliated under the Crew Alex umbrella. Uh, we won't interfere, but we'll be here to offer you support, your affiliation sorted, your, your insurance. You can come and train on the best surface. You won't get a better surface than this, will you, Dan? This is like yeah, what Anderlecht play on. It's, yeah, it's cork underfill. It's... Yeah, specially ordered, shipped across. Oh, is phenomenal, it? phenomenal service, yeah. Because it's been it's redone recently, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not, and uh, hasn't hasn't yet, has it? They're just in a process of being done, aren't they? Some, oh, are they? Some nice, some nice characters decided to go and cut some up and pinch it. Oh, I did see so, that on social media. Yeah, didn't didn't take it. Couldn't take it because they realised the weight of it. Yeah. They cut a big chunk of in in the, the they call it in the cage right down the far end. So picked his five and six. So cut a big chunk out of pitch six and then decided, well, actually, we can't lift it, but destroyed it. And what were they going to do with just one little patch? It doesn't even make sense. Does I think they were the... going to put it in the back garden. I think they must have thought it's just like your B&M. You can get it down surf, B&M. You you can, can just... It's about yeah. 10 quid a roll or something. Just... <laughs> similar, yeah. Similarity. Stop. Yeah. It, it's a good serve. It's probably the most likely you'll get to like a very good, high quality, like your old trapping. Stadium grasses, but the closest you'll get. You've got to play in a certain type of boot. You're not allowed drinks on it. You know the oh, real. Yeah, yeah. You know the rules are, are off the scale, aren't they? But you know when yeah. the when the guys at the soccer centre said to me, you know, come under us, we'll we'll support you. We built a good relationship. Um, one of the um one of the requirements was for me to set up a business account. There to be two signatories, not related. Um, and I thought. I'd like to make it about the kids, family club, family vibes. What what you get at football, you can you have to be so careful. You get loads of dads all wanting to be a manager, and they all want the kids to be the next Ronaldo, and they all want their input. And if you start going, yeah, come and get involved, come and get involved, it can get a little bit messy. Yeah. And I, I thought, what I want to do is have people that have got the same principles. It to be family run, working with people that you trust. And when I was uh, when I was attending the the Sunday matches every week, I used to see Dan's brother down there, and um, then Dan started coming. And I know he, he'd had some challenges himself last year, and I thought that's perfect. We've known each other such a long time. I know what the family are about. So uh, I approached him and said, "Look, I've been given this opportunity, and I'm not doing it without you." And we had a meeting at your mum's cafe, didn't we? Well, did. And uh, We've never looked back. No, just to put a plug in there. My mum volunteers at the um, down at the Haven Cafe just on North Street. Completely, that's a charity, self-funded volunteers. So we're getting there to do a, a mean jacket potato and a pinini and a good piece of cake. 
put it out there. And we, we, we've got social value. We've got yeah. social value commitments as well that we've made oh, at the yeah. club. And, yeah. and part of that is to be not not just giving football to kids, but giving something back to um, to a local community, to charities, both on a local and national level. Um, and North Street Cafe has been one. They, they have volunteers, you know, young people with maybe learning difficulties, things like that, that are, that are very much involved. And we, we recognise that as a good cause. So we our fundraising will be targeted towards North Street Cafe and the national charity will be St. Luke's. Because, you know, it's these are causes that mean a lot to us. Our family have been through things. And um, I think it, yeah, it just makes sense. You use this platform to do bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you see what we've got planned for the Christmas celebration. <laughs> Sounds excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave it there. We can't give any spoilers yet. No, you'll have to come. You'll have to, you'll have to never do a little sound bite for the... Uh, the Christmas special and I can pop you in there. We can keep people updated. Um, So is this, is this is your first full season you're approaching then in September? Is that right? It is. AFC Shavington. Yeah. 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 AFC Shavington badges. Don't forget the badges. Uh, The badges. That's our nickname. Yeah. Just give give the reason behind the badges. I was just going to say, just give us, just give us the badges story. Yeah. I love this. This is one of the reasons why I was like, I'm in, I am in because everything to Kenny has to mean something it has to have a meaning i think as well as dan knows me i think over these last few months he's really realized how ocd i am and on quite an annoying level at times but good yeah level. i'm a it's massive because it's that detail there's that overthink detail there, of finishing touches yeah yeah he won't rest until the detail's right and it's good it's good because we bounce off each other as you can probably see from this we bounce off each other dead well it's got to be right i think we've been well behaved on this tonight don't you I do as well, very well. Another glass, yeah. another glass of that, and uh, things might change. But yeah, now the um, so the the how the name came about. So obviously, Shavington, the local village where uh, I've set up family, and the home of the soccer centre, so the venue where we're going to be doing our training matches. Um, AFC Shavington. I wanted I wanted a nickname, and. Did a little bit of research online, and and the part of the village where I live is called Shavington Cum Gresty, and Cum Gresty is Old English. It translates to Badger Path, hence the nickname, the Badgers, hence the black and white kit. And uh, I thought, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That so I thought we'll roll with it, and I I, I set up a set up a, a club logo. Um, and when me and Dan went for that meeting at the cafe, I'd kept it till that point, and then I shared everything with him. He was like, "Yeah, you loved it, didn't you?" Fantastic. Um, yeah. And it was like, "Yeah, let's run with that." And it's we got, have done it. Yeah. What I like, it's got a meaning. It's not just the Rockets or you know the Wildcats or the Panthers. Yeah. It's got a meaning. It means yeah. something. It's not, and that's what I like. It's that detail, that level of detail. That it means something to the local community as well, doesn't it? It's a story yeah. about where you're yeah. from and where you're based as well. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I think yeah. that's the ethos again. We know we keep saying that word, but getting back to it, it's got to be. It's got to have a meaning. It's got. It's powerful. It means something, and we're we're delivering. So in other words, we're not. The roots are already there. The roots are there, and we're we're building it. We're, you know, we want it. This is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's not just, we're not just a one season wonder flesh in the pan. It's why we're passionate about what we're doing and 
want to make sure these kids have, uh, you know, it's not just a, a, an under nines and under tens, under tens, under elevens. You know, th- these teams keep keep going through the leagues. So some of the dads I speak to from the school and and stuff like that, because my lad, we've we've had him in training a few times. We've done some just training that's just geared up for, for example, you come on a Saturday morning, you do an hour session, we do. 30 minutes of some drills and some skills, and then we do 30 minutes of just practice matches, five aside, seven aside, whatever it is. Uh, so it's not really a team, but it's just, just practicing really because he's shown an yeah. interest in football. Um, That's how Harry started. They how do, Harry started the same. They do something One called We Make Footballers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's who I've been with. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. they were good. Really I liked, good. Good. I liked yeah, them. Really good. Um, they just Saturday mornings became a bit of a hassle because yeah. he, he didn't want to get up and go. Uh, no, you know, he's quite been, early, he, aren't they? He'd been school all week, and then he just yeah. thought on Saturday it's morning tired, he could just get on. up and have a relax and do whatever he yeah. wants to do. Um, I think so, Harry's used to be his age group were nine till ten, I think it was, and it, it yeah. is quite early. You, you're like up at, especially he loves a breakfast, so you're up at half seven, earliest, you know, the, the latest half seven, getting ready, and yeah. yeah, it does. Especially when you've had a busy week at work and stuff, it's not late it's not early early is it but you no. at least want a seven o'clock light and don't you on a Saturday that's it. at least that's it yeah and then there's the, the school do some sort of extra stuff that the Alex come down and provide um that he's done as well but some of the dads I speak to sort of say that they they're not keen on getting their lads into the football um other daughters um mainly because of what they hear on the sidelines from other parents and a little bit like you're saying Kenny the they want and they expect that their kid's going to be the next Ronaldo um, and that the academies might be watching and, and all that kind of stuff. And really, they just want the kids to go and have fun and have a laugh and enjoy the football, meet friends, like you've already said. What would your take on that be? Do you want me to go on that? Yeah, you can. Go on, either, yeah. either of you. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'll I, come after I, you if there's anything. Go on. I, I see that all the time and, and the... Um, you know, and you'll get parents when they're keen to get their kids signed up to a club, they'll be, yeah, we just want somewhere where they're settled and they can have fun. And it very quickly changes as well. And it, it can very quickly become about having fun to needing to win each week. And you you really have got to get the parents on board early doors. And we, I might have shared it with you, Jamie, we, we, produced an information pack with club philosophy and we we sent it out to all the parents to say this is how we're going to run this club and it's not about winning losing we want to be competitive but it is these kids have got to come first because you you can give them the best training the best facilities and then they go to a match on a Sunday they're a bit deflated they know the difference between winning and losing you can give them all that, oh, you've done really well, I'm really proud of you. But then they get in the car, they get a rollicking, and then defeat is defeat. And you've got to have these parents on board. And if you really feel like you've got that group behind you saying the result doesn't matter. I said to, to our kids last night, we, we lost a game 4-3 um, last minute, um, right heartbreaker. And I said to them, the result does not bother me. But what I want to see is all of you looking at each other saying, we gave it our best shot. And if you can all say that you've done that, that's all we need. And if we get the parents on board, great. But that that is a real challenge. Um, not not just with parents, with other clubs and coaches as well. I've seen, um, you know, we'll have 
Um, we've we've got some really strong teams with academy players um, in opposition sides, and over the last few years, I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but you can turn up and they're out to kill teams. If they concede a goal during the season, it's it's a low blow for them. Yeah. And, and what what the policy is is if you go four four nil down, chuck an extra player on. Yeah. You go six nil down, put another one on. Now, there's certain clubs where they, they take it that serious and they want to kill these kids. They want to ruin the week. They'll turn up, they'll go 4 nil up and you'll say, put an extra kid on. And they'll say, no, nah, not enough space. So then you're having conversations with the referees to say, come on, never mind, not enough space. This has got to stay competitive. Right. For, even if you lose 4-1, you get a goal, you got something to take away. But sometimes mm. you get these 15 nils, and some of them... They take it far too serious, and um, you know that their parents as well, um, and there's others behaving in that manner. Then we'll say, do you know what? Next time that fixture comes around, we'll take our kids somewhere else, and we'll make sure that they're enjoying their Sunday football on that week. Yeah, because we're not going to put them in an environment where they feel they're just there to get hammered. They're there to be bait for others to just walk over, and I think that's the reality of it. If that does exist, we're not going to get away from that. The abuse to referees, they have something now called silent sidelines. Right. And the FA introduced it and a couple of times a season you'll get um you'll get a message fed across the clubs. We want no voices from the sides. We want no shouting to the kids, the referees, nothing. Can we have complete silence and just cheer when there's a goal? That never happens, you know. It's not realistic. That'd be really difficult. People, people will breach that, and with the with the best intentions, that isn't the way around it. I think the no. the refs and the clubs and these facilities where the events are being hosted, they've just got to have enough strength about them to say we're not going to tolerate that, and there'll be consequences for it. And there will be in our club, you know, we're we're not going to have parents making kids cry or, you know making them feel like they're, they're not good enough. Um, that's where we've got to step in, do our job. And I think we've got a good bunch. I'm not I'm not getting carried away with that. We've got a good bunch behind us. Um, but it does take a lot of work, and that's the reality of it because of expectation. We just expand on that a little bit. We've set the scene very early as well as that. But Kenny said the, the, the forms that have gone out and we're, we're, we're constantly following up. We sent one last week. You know, it's an FA document, you know, doctored a little bit for the club. But we're like, you know, you we want you to be parents. Let us be the coaches. You're putting your belief in us to coach them, develop them, see them progressing. But let us be the coaches as the coach of the club. But we want your role is to be parents. We want you to encourage, bring them along prepared. Listen to what we're saying, you know, getting it. If we were saying be there 15 minutes before the the sort of kickoff time, turn up two minutes before kickoff time, you know, that, that ownership is on the kids as much as it is on the parents. Yeah. So, you know, it's, and that's, that's what, that's what we're, we're putting that into now from very early days. It's not just a one-off message. It's a consistent message that we will be giving all the way throughout the season. It just doesn't stop there. And if, you know, me and Kenny are not a, we're not daft by any means, but we know probably some through some course of the journey, we are going to have to have that difficult conversation to maybe like, you know, is this the right club for you? From You know the ethos, you know what we stand for. 
we're passionate about what we do. We want your kids to develop and, you know, move on and progress. But, you know, if that, if they can't come along with us on that journey as such, then there will be them difficult conversations at some point. Yeah. So what, what age teams have you got starting up in September? Um, what's your plan for the so, season? Mines are under 10s. So there'll be anyone that's turning 10, like so going into year five school year, that's as from the 4th, 5th of September. I'll, um, I will let Kenny tell you about his team. Yeah, mine will be the under nines. So year fours uh, from September, uh, mixed ages, mixed abilities. Um, any anybody who attended the events that we held in advance of setting up the club, uh, nobody didn't make it. You know that was it was important. We didn't call them trials, and yeah, you know, kids were were sent packing if they didn't didn't meet a certain standard of ability. But what we we have had to be realistic about is you know you get a an allocation of players for your match day squads and. You know, we we've committed to setting two teams up. We we could set ten teams up, but realistically, are those kids going to get the the dedication and the you know we want to see them develop? And I think it was sensible to to go with two teams for season one. Um, you you typically would have around eleven players in your your match squad, but we made a decision to go with ten. It's seven aside, but we made the decision to go with 10. And the reason being, any any kid who maybe didn't get into match squad, they still were invited to join the club, the part of our training and development squad. And what we will do, we'll, we'll give opportunities. Where we haven't got that 11th player, we'll give opportunities to training and development squad to say, do you want to come on Sunday and come and get involved in the match and maybe have a look at some opposition and some you know, key skills that some of the players might bring into that game and say, yeah, this would be a good one for you and 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 ease them in. And then maybe, who knows, next season, maybe doors will open where we can set up an additional team and we can accommodate these players. Or we've got good relationships with other clubs. We've had a lot of friendlies over pre-season and we will support them to find clubs where they can play on Sundays mm-hmm. and, and when they feel ready to play and they want to play on Sundays. So... Um, yeah, that's kind of how we've gone. And we, we do have plans for, I mean, ultimately it was, you know, being dads that that made us commit to this in the first place. And as Dan touched on, he's the age of Harry and um, his, his brother's kids and my lad, uh, my five-year-old, um, he's too young to, to play Sundays at the moment. But we, we will be um, introducing a third team in January and they will train from January to summer with a view to start in their team for September 24. That'll be an under sevens. Um, so, so kids can, can play up a year, but they can't play down. So yeah. effectively my lad will be, my younger lad will be playing up next year. So looking forward to that as well. Yeah. I have a niece. He was literally the same chomping at the bit to get involved. But on the yeah. first football boots last week, she wants to be on the, when they're playing. She wants to be on the pitch. She wants to be with them. So we've under tens, under nines, comes to every game, and you, you're literally pulling her off the pitch. Come on, he can't play now. It's time. It's she's she's time. always got this t-shirt on, and she the Badgers t-shirt. Uh, Give the man of the match out last it. week, didn't she? <laughs> lives in it. Literally, lives lives it. Give it a little face. 
lives lives it loves it can't wait to get involved that's good so, that's good because yeah I, it's I, good. It's, I remember it's being fantastic. back to a kid uh primary school age and me and my mate who used to live next door but one we used to do before we even knew what football manager the game was or championship mm. manager as it might have been back then yeah we, yeah it was yeah, remember it well we used to conference Hey. Jeff picture from the conference, my wonder kid of all time. You sign him for about fifty grand, and boy, he banged him in. He get get you to the Premiership every time. Did he ever? Did he ever do anything in real life? Is he one of them wonder kids that? Didn't I'm not do sure. I'm going to Google him right after this podcast. Yeah, I don't think what he did. You know, Jeff? I don't think he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we used to I used to like take one of my dad's old work briefcases. We used to have notepads. We used to make up teams, and and then we like would get our own kits together that were just the same color shorts and t-shirt that we happened to have and then we'd ask our mates if they wanted to join the team and me and him were manager and assistant and all that kind of stuff and like we were only about nine or ten or something like that but we we thought we had a real team going i think we played one game on a dodgy pitch somewhere there was odd numbers and we probably lost but <laughs> it was just like we just got excited about like having something to create like a team sort of thing Oh yeah, there's a future manager in there somewhere. Like there's 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 something in there somewhere, isn't there? Something. Hey, it's bubbling. It's burning away. Maybe, maybe. I might not be a badger. I might not be a badger. That's what it is. I might not be able to podcast as as often though, might I? So we might have to work something out. (laughs) You could could do it on the side. You could be the podcast on actually on the sidelines. I could do it on the sidelines. Yeah, we could come live from the uh, from the dugout, and I could uh, I could interview the other dads while we're there. Oh, would love that. Would that. the dads love it as well? There's an idea. And the moms. Yeah. Oh, they'd love that. Look at that. I'd be a roaming reporter. There's plenty more. Plenty more where they come from, isn't it, Ken? We're full of them. Good oh, ideas. yeah. Right. Let, okay. let me share this one with you quickly. Um, go on. My uncle Brian. Um, this is a good one, this. So, talking about um, when we were kids and things we used to do. We, we used to have. Um, I, I grew up on a, a pretty rough avenue in Crewe. Won't say any names because I'm sure it's much improved now. But yeah, pretty rough avenue. And um, they they used to have a backfield, and uh, none of none of the kids were none of the families were well off. But this backfield was it was our place to go during the holidays. My uncle Brian had a house that backed onto it, and um, he cut a big hole in his edge at the bottom of the garden, put a gate on it. And he'd be out on the backfield. Kids would be there bright and early, eight o'clock every morning during the holidays. And he used to set up a little barbecue. He'd have a big, um, like a World Cup set up. And he'd put us all into teams. And he'd do a barbecue during the day. Them little um, plastic cartons of Calypso, where you know, yeah. with a straw in the top. But you, you used yeah. to chuck the straw and just buy a hole in the bottom of it, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And he'd, he'd have the hot dogs go in 50p, enter the World Cup, 50p, get your hot dog, get your drink. And I tell you what, we used to spend all day, every day on there. And funnily enough, we, um, as part of this pre-season, we did a like a World Cup-themed event on the Georges a couple of weeks back, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, and it was brilliant. an absolute blast. The kids loved it. And all, all I was yeah. thinking was, Uncle Brian should have got him bring his barbecue down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, the, get, the, get the hot dogs and the baps on. <laughs> that was that was our that was our holidays as kids though. You know, we didn't um like I say we didn't have a lot, but we had the backfield, we had Brian and we had the World Cup, so oh, you don't, don't need much little more, bit. do you? 
yeah, give a little bit back to these kids similar and can't yeah. go far wrong. Yeah. No. Just just give I us think... a uh oh, sorry, Dan, go on. Go on. No, I was, I was gonna say some of it, do you know, like we weren't going about the social pressure and some of them they just want that. Do you know that? I said to Kenny the other day, they look at you and they're hinged on your every word, some of these kids. They're literally they they're so concentrated on you and they're hinged on every word. And I think just to give them that little bit of like enjoyment back and that opportunity for me, there's some of them kids that we've got now that probably would never have the opportunity that they potentially got, or they've had an opportunity elsewhere. Potentially because what they've got going on, they didn't fit, they didn't fit the mold of what they're after. And that's what I take off it. We've got some different kids. I think I, I think I, we, we can we can say that, Ken, we can agree with that, but what they're doing yeah. and we're giving them the opportunity they've got and the feedback we're getting from the parents, honestly, it's phenomenal. I don't feel, me, me and Kenny are overwhelmed by it. You know, some of the feedback you're getting, you know, I, I never thought I'd see them like this, you know, be involved in a team. They've played at different teams before, but they've never gelled and they've been quite isolated. And just, it, it, it's really moving, to, you know, to see. And I think that that's what probably sets us aside, really, from your, your everyday, just normal, come along and play football. But if you're not good enough, sorry, you, you're not going to play. Yeah. I think that's what makes it a bit different, really. Yeah. Just, uh, just let us know where... We can find you on social media and stuff, and then anyone locally yep. who's interested can contact you through there. And then uh, anyone who's yep. who's listening and is interested in following the story can also come and follow you on there. Hundred percent. Yep. But I try not, I try not date it as regular as I can. So this week I've put on fixtures where we're doing, where we're playing, what we're doing, and picture last week we took, and then Kenny did his magical artwork that he does in AFC twenty three twenty four Shavington badges, you know, squad. That's gone on there. Just, just try and try not date two, three times a, a week, really, and just put the, the same hashtags, you know, community football, AFC Shavington badges, and um, obviously talking dads UK one, and you know, just just make sure we yeah. put the same on, and it's it's just sharing really the, the the experience that we're going through and what we're doing, and again, makes us stand out from your other your other smaller clubs out there. And and is it just AFC Shavington badges that people? Would search to find you. Yeah, AFC Shavington, but badges in in brackets, and then okay. there's like three little badges after it. So okay. if you just type in AFC Shavington, it that's will come where, up. That's where you are. And okay. same Facebook page, AFC Shavington. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not great yeah. with social media. That's where I'm probably you know I'm a bit old school me, but uh, make up for it with a coach. He's not. He's younger than me. <laughs> he's younger than me. So he, he, he he's not getting away by saying that. Yeah. But, but I am an old man. I know I don't look I'm it. I'm an old man. I know I don't. I know, <laughs> I know that, that we don't look it. I am. You say I am the younger. You know. I know that. But <laughs> love that. Um, right. I'm going to hit you with your final question. Go for um, it. Go for it. So you can either go for a famous or well-known dad character uh, that you model your parenting on or you would like maybe the kids or your wife's to say that that was what you were like or you can take it down the football route and you could choose a famous player and their skills and their character and all the things that goes around them and you can try and fit that into how that would translate into how you are as a dad if you can or how you are as a parent and you can uh, you can mix and match and you can go either way with that I think for me, this is probably going to be a little bit cliche now. And it's a similar age to myself, but I think Beckham just stands out for me. Fantastic dad. Fantastic dad. What he's done in football and how he's changed the face of football, you know, late 90s in, in, 
into the noise, what he did was phenomenal. And still, still, you know, massive personality, still involved, you know, in Miami, getting them to where they are, signing Messi. Imagine having that as your accolade as an owner as a club. Yeah, sign Messi later part of his life. But yeah, it's just, you can imagine him sitting back there, you know, having a red wine in Victoria. It's just what we do, isn't it? Vic, you know what I mean? It's just what we do. Just imagine him sitting there, you know, on a Friday night on his Rin Rouge as he would be. But yeah, just just what he's done and how he is and parenting, very grounded. I think he's given him a good foot uh, footstep. But when you see documentaries about him, of how he brought him up and just they're very grounded and they're like, there's no silver spoon. If they're fair enough, they've got a good they've got a good start in life, but they will find their personality. They will work for what they do, and that, that, yeah, just that comes across really. Just, that, um, I just think he's just a, a big character, and he had to overcome a lot of adversity from his football career and being that. I think that celebrity as he is in different hairstyles and getting sent off in the World Cup, obviously got persecuted for that. I think that's fair to say he got literally persecuted, plastic dolls and stuff, and getting set on fire and flags and stuff, but. Yeah, he, he 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 just stands out in the football world and the social, personal world as well. Sorry, the personality that he is, massive for me. Okay, I, I can see the likenesses as well. A bit thick, loves himself. Um, yeah, I can see the likeness. <laughs> is it too late to go back on this on this yeah. team setup? Or? <laughs> Not as good looking though, are you, Daniel? Come on. No, oh, no, no. I I'll let him have that on me. Better looking. I let him give him the looks. He can have the looks over me. I don't mind that. I got the football skills. See, I got the left foot. You have. He didn't get the left foot. Did he? <laughs> he didn't get the left foot like I did. The wand. Well, mine. I've I've, I've spun it a little bit because I was I was having to think about this one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it down the football manager route and I'm gonna go with the great Sir Alex Ferguson. Okay. He was he was my idol growing up. I've read every book and. I knew it'd be you know, United probably, related. It would have to be United there's, related. There's very, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? There's very, oh, there's very little I don't know about Fergie, but I, I just relate to the guy. And you know, there's uh, there's there's little things like that I read where he he called players into his office. Uh, uh, sorry, in in training, he'd stop training and he'd um, he'd get players to to look up at geese flying over, and he'd. Um, He'd say, look at the shape. Geese always fly in a V, don't they? And then if one starts to tire, the bird at the front will drop to the back to make sure it rejoins the group and carry it, carries yeah. the group across the ocean. Yeah. And he, really, he sorry, just stopped training. Let me put in there just one second. As we were finishing our game off last night, did you see what flew over the soccer centre? A flock of geese. Did you see it? No, I didn't. I got but... to say to you last night. Really? My daughter took a picture of it. Yeah. Geese. Oh, brilliant. Just when we were finishing, a big flock of geese flew over and I was like, that's a sign. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. That, no, sorry. One of, I'm that, bad that at was... in, I'm sorry. No, you're all right. That was that was one of his things. And like the, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the the picture lunch atop a skyscraper. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. And it's got like the 11 men on an iron oh, girder yes. over the yeah. city. And yeah. it, it's I've had it on, had it on their wall for years. Yeah, yeah I love that. Out. Love that picture. But just like a football team, 11, 11 people all sitting there with nothing to support them but each other. And I'm a bit old school like that. And sometimes I'm a bit boring as well. I get it. But I do think I am a good man manager, good at motivating and giving people confidence. And we've got a couple of kids in, in the group now that, you know, they're a little bit shy and 
they've needed a little bit of a pick me up, but I think that's a thing that I'm good at. Um, and just being being able to read people well and um, also being in a special way, Jamie. Sorry to put in there. I, I, I'm going to blow, blow a bit of smoke here. He's got a very special way with the kids, a very special way. That's one of the things that I'm learning and find my feet off Kenny with that. Got such a fantastic way with these kids, honestly. It's not something you can teach either. Yeah. It's it's more the personality. Some of the parents are like blown away. Honestly, his way that he is with the kids is phenomenal. Oh, bless you for phenomenal. saying that, mate. And I wouldn't I wouldn't no, want to do it with anyone it's else. Truth, mate. It's truth. It's truth, you know that. It's truth. It's one of the reasons why I come. So I know his style, I know how he does it, and how he, he motivates his motivation skills and just how he speaks to them. There's never that belittle or there's that, you know, he's got a way of putting his message across, even if it's not like the win last night. But he walked off there realising that they've not probably applied themselves, but they were still, they played, they played together and they took the loss as a team. Where I think what I've seen before on the soccer centre there's a lot of managers will point the finger, you the reason why I lost, or you give the goal away, or you should have saved that. And right. that's not yeah. the environment that I wanted us to be around. But a, a, defeat or, a, company. A, a defeat or a, a loss is an opportunity to, to stay grounded. If you won every week, what have you got to aim for? You know, there's only one way to go. If you're winning every week at this age, you should be, you should be hitting your peak in 10 years' time. And uh, or, or even beyond that, but I, I just see that uh, a loss or a defeat, it's an opportunity to stay grounded, an opportunity to bounce back and show us what you're made of in the next game. And if you're giving it your all, as you're giving it your all in life, what more can you ask for? You know, they're yeah. only they're only kids at the end of the day, and I won't have any sort of parents or spectators, anyone interfering and and making it a bigger deal than what it needs to be. Because yeah. it's about them, isn't it? Yeah. But there's, there's, there's. You can, you can find a positive in everything. A diff- results don't bother me as long as I can see that the kids are, are applying themselves and giving it the best shot. Then, then that's all we can ask for, isn't it? So you go in for Fergie's renowned motivational and man management traits. Hey, the hair dryer treatment comes out now and again. I was going to say, say over over the hair yeah, dryer right. treatment, but that's there yeah, as well. Very selective it? with that one at home. Yeah, my, my missus is, Dan will tell you, very loud, bolshy. I'm selective. But when I use it, it works. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> I'm not getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> she will listen to this after. There that's why I'm yeah. not getting involved. We have to be careful yeah, on that. Selective. We never know. We never know who's listening. That's the problem with these things. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, thanks for joining me for the evening, guys. It's been uh, it's been good to talk properly. Um, Before we go, can I just yeah. give a bit of a, a big shout out to the sponsors? Yeah, yeah. It, it just yeah, this please. wouldn't this wouldn't have evolved if it wasn't for yourself and and obviously the other sponsors. So, firstly, Jamie, yourself, massive thank you for everything done for us so far, and we are going to continue this partnership down the road. So, yeah, um, thank you. Obviously, yourself, Talking Dad. Is it Talking Dad UK or just Talking Dad on this? We're just talking, Dad. We've we've dropped the UK talking part because we're available okay. for everyone. Everyone, I like it. So our main shirt sponsor um, is Gap Personnel. So they're on the front, like the main the main logo on the front. Gap Personnel, um, fantastic. We had we had overall we had a lot of a lot of people, um, a lot of response for the sponsorship. It was overwhelming. In the in the end, we had to turn people away. 
as if the kids wouldn't have been able to run because it would have been in that much that much vinyl on them. More vinyl than kids. Wouldn't have been able to run. <laughs> yeah. And then um, back sponsor, just just above the number, we've got um, Economy Carpets. Jeff and Paul, thank you for your, your continued sponsorship. Very much uh, appreciated. Known them for years. Really good guys, good characters. And sure, if you mention AFC Shavinson in there, they'll give you a little discount. They're good guys. Um, we've got sleeve sponsors. We've got Banner. It was a big construction company in Manchester. Um, thank you for your sponsorship and your continued sponsorship. And the other sleeve, we've got Vita Properties, which is a, a new property company um, selling and renting of, uh, of properties. So if anyone's out there wants to put the property on the market, um, I'll be getting in touch with us on the socials and we can share the contact details. Or it's uh, it's it's actually about Vita, V-E-T-T-A. And then just properties at the end. Um, and then the final one is Stylist Windows Doors and Conservatories, which is our uh, short sponsor. Um, they are local. So anyone wants anything of that UPVC nature, get in touch. And again, I'm sure if you mention AFC Shavington, they will uh, agree a good service and knock a little bit of money off, I'm sure. Yeah, it's will probably get well. us to pay back like but Yeah, second those yeah, thanks. Yeah, too. absolutely to all sponsors, yeah. real real um great commitment and yeah we couldn't do it without you all so thank you from from us all fantastic brilliant good job and uh, i look forward to finding out what's going to happen for the rest of the season i'll be following i'll be uh i'll be watching yep. and expect to see you down there Maybe can you come down in a sheep skin coat <laughs> sheep skin coat with a Get mic yourself down there with yeah mic. i think we need to have a, a yeah, a little bit of that throughout the season, don't we? Reckon? I'm sure we could yeah, work something out. <laughs> random appearances, Jamie. Just turn up out the blue, but you've got to be wearing sheepskin. Well, I might yeah. have to work on that. I have to borrow one or something. International, <laughs> my dad's got two. Got international two, listeners. If you generally need Watson. one, <laughs> generally yeah. need one, let me know. My dad's got two. He, he has. We could work something so, uh, in, I'm sure. 100%. And, uh, but no. Yeah, uh, Best of luck. I like what you're doing. Um, obviously, I wanted to get involved because it's local community. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've got more podcasts coming up. I'm sure we can uh, have more conversations of dad chats, other parents of the kids that are playing for the teams and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Plenty, plenty more to come. That'll be good to have and a Remember chat. Joseph, new dad, new yeah. dad. He's yeah. committed to, to coming on and having a dad chat with you as well. Now he's yeah. looking forward to that. Whenever he's, if he's listening, whenever he's ready to come on and he's, uh, you know, yeah. he's not too tired to make it, we can, we, we can make that work. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been great. I, I, obviously, genuinely, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you for the invite. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, same. And keep, keep up the good work yourself as well, Jamie. You're doing great Cheers. things and it's, oh, it's yeah. opportunities. Uh, I, I just, I loved it when you contacted us that there's a, uh, there's a there's a really you know there's a powerful aim to look at you know combating men's mental health and it is massive and me and dan have had our own journeys the last 12 months haven't we and you know yeah. I, I just think if we can open doors to others to to come and listen come and have a chat come and get involved and take a little yeah. bit of something from each other then you're doing great it's things so thank you jamie it's why the charities are so close to us you know both both the charities are so close to us so yeah it's uh, yeah that's a lot of the fundraising we'll be doing are for St. Luke's uh, and also Christie's. So, yeah, very close to us. So Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for chatting, sharing well, your thanks, story. Thanks for your time. And, thanks for the exposure. We do appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be chatting again soon. Lovely. Thanks, guys. See you Have soon. a good night.
See you, thanks see. a lot. Thanks yeah. a lot now. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you.